Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy Rico back at it again. How is everybody doing today? It's the Rico Report. It's the Buffalo Fanatics. We're here to get it popping today. It sucks, man. The season is officially over, man. That's when you know it's it's a wrap. You know what I'm saying? We gotta we gotta adjust to life without football for a little bit. There's no looking forward to next week. I mean, who's active, who's inactive, all that fun stuff is officially a wrap. Salute to everybody tuned in. Smash that like I as you guys get in here. I'm trying to mess around with my new uh my new boom arm here. <laughs> I'm still trying to adjust to it, but you know how we do. But uh folks, welcome, welcome back. Uh salute to the Bing squad, Bing, Bingity, Bing. Y'all are back and uh let's roll, man. So right to it, man. Right to it. Not that it hasn't been spoken about, but uh, obviously we got to recap that game. And uh, sometimes you just got to give props to where props are due. It's as simple as that, folks. It's as simple as that. Pat Mahomes is that dude. He is that dude. There's a a crazy stat that I read just a couple days ago. And it's pretty much talking about clutch quarterbacks and what they do when they're down down points, down three or down over seven. They need to tie the game or they need to win the game. And I'm sitting here reading this stat off, right? And I was like, nah, ain't no way. Ain't no way that's that's what's happening here. Check this, the, check this statistic out, people. All right? So they, they, they wanted to put some numbers together. So, so since 2001, 56 quarterbacks have led 125 drives in the playoffs, okay? In which, three things. It was the fourth quarter or overtime. The drive ended with under a minute left to play. Think about that. Under a minute left to play. And the offensive team was either tied or trailing by seven points or fewer going into the drive, right? A minute left, right? 
you've got you're in the fourth quarter overtime and you're going in trailing by seven or fewer than that okay of those 125 drives only 50 which is 40 percent saw the offensive team score what they needed to either tie the game or take the lead great quarterbacks tend to have better success rates than average in those situations Tom Brady, for instance, went 5 for 11, 46%, while Drew Brees went 3 for 6, 50%. Aaron Rodgers was 3 of 4 for 75%. Josh Allen, Jeff Garcia each went perfect 2 for 2 in their drives to either tie the game or win it. First of all, Josh Allen being part of that is no surprise. That guy is just that dude. Josh Allen is that dude. I'm so happy we have that guy as our quarterback but check this out but only one quarterback has been able has been obsolete out the absolute outlier of perfection in this statistic bro pat mahomes in the playoffs is seven for seven hundred percent in those situations including both the game time drive at the end of regulation and the game winning drive in overtime on sunday night the average qb in our sample Led his team to 1.7 points per drive. Mahomes leads his team to 3.4. So he's ad, he's giving you three for sure. Here's the crazy part. In all of this, it's seven for seven. Sounds great. Josh Allen's will push his ass. Josh Allen's will push his ass. And 13 seconds is what happened. I got this guy seven and seven. But all this to say, sometimes you have to appreciate greatness. You really do. And... A lot of times, as Bills fans, you don't want to see you know, certain players win because they beat your team. Or at the end of the day, are we not football fans? Are we not football fans? Don't you want to see good football being played? And don't you want to see greatness? Don't you want to watch greatness? Don't you want to be someone that witnessed something great? Right? Weren't you? Aren't you glad that you play? You you watched? You mean sports in an era that you were able to watch Michael Jordan go? Three uh, twice go three for three, six championships. Will we ever see something like that happen? Who knows, right? We got the chance to witness Kobe Bryant. We got the chance. I mean, sometimes it's great. A lot. I know I'm a big Kobe fan, huge, and I know a lot of folks that hate Kobe. They want nothing to do with the Lakers. They want nothing to do with Kobe. But the fact that they were able to witness such greatness from Kobe Bryant, you can't even hate. Put the hate aside. Enjoy good football. Enjoy good quarterback play. And that's what you get from, from Pat Mahomes, man. Kansas City fans have to be absolutely elated that they got this dude. They really do. And that game was was something else. I found myself like I wasn't sure like how I was going to feel going into this game. Who do you root for in this game? Do you root for the 49ers just for the sake of rooting for the 49ers? Because you don't want Pat Mahomes to win. You just don't want the Chiefs to win and, and have three championships. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it sounds crazy. But some people feel that way. They're like, yo, I don't want that guy to win whatsoever. And anybody that can beat that ass, let's go. Or were you someone that just wants good football and you want to see greatness happen? That's where I found myself. And some folks might say, like, listen, Richard Forrest was like, yo, the first half was boring. Believe it or not, I enjoy games like this because the NFL has been such a Put points on the board. That's what keeps things exciting. Score, 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 right? Go back to just a couple of years ago 
when the Bills and Chiefs were going back and forth. It was exciting. Don't get me wrong. Boom, boom. The intensity is going back and forth. Those games, these games are just as exciting to me, in my opinion, because it's a defensive match. They're trying to feel each other out. There was a whole bunch of back and forth, punting this, you punt here, I punt here, until the later half happens where you're like, okay, what happened in the first half is setting up for what's going to be great in the second half because none of them could kind of find that angle of where they can try to get get over the hump. Steve Wilkes had a decent a decent game plan for the, obviously for the, the Chiefs. Spagnola had a great game plan for the 49ers, right? So they're trying to feel each other out until the two offensive minds had to put something together. And that's Shanahan and that's Andy Reid. And that they did. And they put on a great show. They put on a great show. Andy Reid proves why he's that OG, man. You're 25 years in the game. You're going to learn along the way, which is crazy to me. Because if you go back, if you go back to looking at Andy Reid's career, it's crazy to even think that the Eagles was like, we, you're, you ain't cutting it. Because you look at this guy right now, he's won three championships with Kansas City for crying out loud. Three championships with Kansas City. And the Eagles got to be, I mean, the Eagles have won since, which is cool. But you got to be looking at this like, how do we let a coach like Andy Reid go? And this guy's just killing it. Sometimes it's just about the right matchup. Sometimes it's just about the right scenario, right situation, and the right roster. And 100% the right quarterback. And right now, they've got the perfect match. You've got a great head coach that took on a quarterback that a lot of people, when he was being drafted, were like, this guy's a bum. Like he ain't, he's got terrible feet work. You ever say he played at Tech, what is it, Texas Tech? Ain't no competition out there. Like they were trying to take away everything from this man. But there was something about him. There was something about him that their GM was like, I'm grabbing that. No different than what they were trying to do with Josh Allen. They're trying to dismiss Josh Allen's raw. He played at Wyoming. There's no competition out there. Look at his feet work. He's always scrambling. He's this, that, and the third. And look at that. These guys are, if one and two in the league. So it's just, it goes to show you how amazing uh, this, this game of football can be. So I'm watching this game and I'm like, yo, who am I rooting for? Who am I rooting for? I found myself, believe it or not, I was surprised. I surprised myself. I found myself rooting for the damn Chiefs. And I was like, what? Because like the 49ers were up with 10 nothing at one point. And I was like, okay, so this is going differently than I anticipated because I, I anticipated the Chiefs to win by double digits. That's what I thought. Clearly, different story here, obviously. And it was it was great right till the end. But I found myself, like, leaning towards, I guess, the underdog, if you will, because they were down. So you're like, you want a good game. So you know Pat Mahomes is going to do something. But I think what stood out to me the most is that you know that something good is going to happen with Pat Mahomes. So you're like, is he going to fulfill what we think is going to happen or the 49ers going to get the stop and the 49ers are going to be that team to, to win this. This is going to be interesting. Let's see how good I think I was more. I think I was more rooting for let's see if he could do it. Let's see how good he is. And if he can pull this off and if he can make the right plays down the stretch, you got to give him his respects. And I'll, I'm for, and we are all forced to give him his respect for those that are saying, Oh, it's, it's rigged and it's this. Just cut it out. Cut the nonsense out. <laughs> Yo, Walter's like, rooting? 
is a strong word. That's the thing. I don't think I don't know if I was rooting for the Chiefs, but I think I was. I think let's put it this way: more a, a better way to put it. I was rooting to see a good ending. That's what I was rooting for. I was rooting to see. Okay, and I was more interested and curious to see: can this brother really put a team on his back yet again and go up against a pretty damn good defense? Uh, with Fortnite, although they haven't been great the last couple games, but let's see if they can push push it down the stretch and make this thing happen. Problem is, bro, the big talk right now is is knowing the rules and overtime. Now, if you're the 49ers, knowing what you know, especially because the rule was essentially created after the whole Bills Chiefs game went down, so you're sitting here going, you got to know the rules, right? So that now you're like, okay, do you give the Chiefs the ball first and try and get a stop with a field goal. And then now you're all you're in control. You know what you need to do. Or do you go out there and try to score and get that out the way now, put the pressure on them and try to make it happen? I mean, there's there's one way to look at it. The Chiefs knew exactly how they want to look at it because they went through it. They went through all the scenarios possible. It's like if we lose that toss, make them go for it. Defer, do whatever they're gonna do. Or if they take the if they want it, we're gonna defend it and let's roll. And that's what they did. And guess what? 49ers went down, couldn't get the job done. Field goal. So now you got the you left the Chiefs with all the time in the world to do what they got to do. And that they did. March down the field and score game over. And you got to give respect to that, man. You got you really got to give respect to uh this organization. So then I'm looking at this, right? I'm looking at what the Chiefs have done. I'm looking at the state of the AFC, the state of the NFL, and how hard it is to win in this game. Because it really is. It's not easy. It's, it's hard to win in the NFL. You hear it all the time. You hear how hard Oh, the Chiefs are now motivated to be the first team to go three for three. You know they're motivated. They're going to go hard to go three for three. And what's what sucks is what's in their favor is they were able to do this with what most folks would say a mediocre receiving core. I mean, their best receiver was their rookie receiver, Rasheed Rice. Their second best receiver. And I'm talking about receiver. I'm not talking about their tight end and Travis Kelsey. We already know what time it is with, with, with Kelsey. But, like, I think their second receiver was, was Scandling. Valdez so like you know they're going to be upgrading that position could you imagine if they say and they got 28 million dollars in the bank right now I think they're they're at 28 mil I could easily see them going for if they really want to get this three-peat going for a Mike Evans you imagine Mike Evans Travis Kelsey on the same squad Shoot, I mean, I'll tell you right now, <laughs> Roger Goodell better better pull the David Stern and say, no mas, that ain't happening. You can't do that. <laughs> He's got to go somewhere else, right? Obviously, it's different because it was a trade situation. When CP3 could have went to my Lakers, that would have been perfect. CP3 and Kobe Bryant, man, do you know how many championships we would have won? Don't even get me started. That's a soft spot for me. But anyway, let us, let us proceed. But altogether, I, that, those scenarios could happen. These guys are going to try to three-peat as hard as, as hard as possible. And what makes this so interesting is that 
this league is so hard to win in and the AFC is so stacked, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be mad interesting. So then, then I'm looking at, okay, this whole situation with the Super Bowl happening and all the great things that happened in the Super Bowl, how does this correlate to our Bills? How does this correlate to the Bills? What the hell do we need to do in order for us to be in that position again? Here's the thing. We're already behind the eight ball heavily. We're heavily behind the eight ball. 50 mil in the hole. We've talked about this multiple times. Multiple times we've talked about this. We know what needs to happen. There's some shakeups that need to happen. But we're essentially running it back with the same squad. Running back with the same squad. So, like, now you're like, fam. How are we going to do this? I mean, we can't just lean on, on Josh. Josh, 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 right? Josh and Diggs, we can't. Like, there's going to be a, there's going to be a moment where, all right, we got to nail this draft. We have to nail this draft. We can't go into it taking a whiff on certain plays because we think, like, the scouting, the scouting department has to nail this draft. We have to question is where are we hitting well we have to go after a receiver it must be and it can't i know that the receiving room is deep but you got to go after the best one the best one at your if you're able to if you have to trade up if you have to do something you got to go after someone that's going to complement your quarterback you got to and then i'm thinking we got 10 picks something's got to give because we ain't got no money Free agency-wise, we ain't going to be able to hit anything. It's going to be something else. So we're going to touch on that in just a little bit because I don't want to I don't want to go too, depth, too deep into that because I'm going to be joined by my man Carl Jones in just a moment. Oh, shoot. How great timing. I just mentioned this brother's name. He just popped up. So we will be joined by my man Carl Jones. Uh, that's why I didn't want to touch too much onto the Super Bowl because we want to. I want to touch base on the Super Bowl. I don't want to get his thoughts on it. And how it correlates to the Bills and how this team is going to have to rally up because right now we are behind. I don't care what anybody tells me, we are behind the eight ball. Be 50 mil deep in the cap. We owe money. You know I mean, we are in the red right now. And we got to stay competitive to try to win the whole damn thing. We are, we are in cap trouble. And if we want to try to be as competitive as possible, boy, do we got some changes to make. But let's get back to Super Bowl. Let's get back to the recapping of the game. I, I want to get my man Carl Jones' thoughts on the game, who he was, who he had a rooting interest for. Was it the Chiefs? Yesterday, was it the 49ers? Does he have any friends on either team? Does he have any insight? I mean, we're going to get a whole lot of that stuff, man. So he knows what to do. I don't know if he's ready or not. Okay, he tells me he's ready. And uh, we're ready to roll. Shout out to my guy. <laughs> what's happening bro how you doing man it's been a minute how you doing how are everything going <clears throat> it's been a minute brother it's been a minute you know what i mean we're trying to trying to get onto this off season get to get get a good start on this off season bro and uh but before we get into off season because a lot of people want to jump into draft stuff i'm not ready to get into draft stuff because we got to hit free agency first free agency is the big one right but that's neither you know there uh let me let me grab a, a super chat before we get into it. my man walter what's up walt Walt says, uh, Dolphins, Ravens, 49ers forced as many or more punts 
this season than the Bills defense in three combined playoff games against the Chiefs. Facts. That's the first observation I made watching that game. Was like, damn, man. I've seen at least three or four punts in this first half. Buffalo, I don't even think Buffalo forced one punt. I think they actually forced one punt in that game. That was it. And these guys forced like three or four punts in the first half alone. So that in itself tells you where upgrades are needed. Is it the defensive side of the ball? Absolutely. We got to make some things happen on that side of the ball. But good observation. But my man Carl Jones, man, how you been, brother? I've been good, man. I've been good. I've been obviously the end of the football season kind of sad. I mean, bittersweet. Obviously, job purposes, things switch up a little bit. And I'm just a fanatic of the game at all levels. So the fact that I lost college ball about a month ago and now we're losing the NFL. Uh, now we got to talk about dudes running around in underwear and, and talking about how that's impressive. I think that's in the next two weeks or so. But regardless, I've been cool, though, man. How about you? I've been good, man. Listen, I, I guess I got to switch. Like, I'm, I'm with you. I got to switch up. I got to get back into basketball now. Like when I'm when I'm like when I'm in football season, I'm I'm all the way in with football season, right? I'm all the way in. I don't I don't miss I don't do anything. And then once the season's done, then it's on to on to basketball. And my Lakers right now are, are they're they're teetering right now. They're teetering, right? So they're trying to make some trades, and nothing was able to happen. So you got to work with what you got to work with. But you got one of the best of the game in LeBron James. LeBron James. So you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. But this Super Bowl. Was it one, because you're a defensive guy, was it one that you enjoyed because it wasn't a high-scoring game and it was a lot of, like, okay, defensive stops. There was a lot of great DB play. I was very impressed with the Kansas City Chiefs defensive side of the ball. How did you take this game? Was it one that uh, stood out to you as one of the, your better Super Bowls that you've, that you've watched? Or it was up there with a few. It was all right. Yeah, one of the better ones I've watched, I can't say that for the sole factor of um, it may not have the the key singular, like, key moment, you know, that some of these other games have. Like, for my money, I'm young, so, like, my Super Bowl experience, first big one I can remember is Panthers-Patriots. So, that's probably oh, yeah. how far back. For those in the chat, don't make fun of me. Uh, to myself, oh, he missed the the 93, you know, whatever. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't around there. But, like, for my money – like the, the Legion of Boom going up against the Patriots, the, the year where they didn't give Marsha, Marshawn Lynch the ball. I think that mm. Super Bowl is very memorable. Just Tom Brady, first time back there, uh, trying to win his first one since 04, going against the Legion of Boom, historic defense. That one always – that's the, the bar you got to clear. This game didn't have that, but back to the question that you asked. So I, it was enjoyable for me because I think that the Chiefs did some things to this 49ers offense that my, not many teams have done in the Shanahan era. Like they literally took the fight. Like is the with the, the 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 Niners book is they're the bullies, right? They're the physical team. They're the team that no one wants to tackle. They're the team that knocks the snot out of people. Well, the Chiefs did that to them. The bullies got bullied. So I thought yeah. the way that they did that, um, the 49ers front four was phenomenal the first half. So that was cool to see. Fred Warner, the, the 49ers middle linebacker, who's the best in the game by far. He, I believe, held Travis Kelsey to one catch in the first half. Uh, so just a phenomenal ball player. So it was cool to watch that type of stuff. Um, so from I did enjoy the game, but in terms of historical stuff, I, I can't put it that high up, no. So you speaking of Travis Kelsey, how did you feel when the media tried to make a big deal when he went up to coach and got up coach's face and kind of gave him a little bump, a little bump, and was like, yo, give me the football, like get me the but we didn't know what was being said at the time and how they tried to blow it up as something as as big. When you see that, and you probably witnessed it when you've been on the field 
you know what I'm saying, with your coaches, with your players and your, your star players or whatever the case is. Are you looking at that when initially when you saw the Travis Kelsey situation? Were you looking at like, oh, what's going on? What's brewing? Or were you looking at it like, man, that's just football, man. He's just passionate. Everybody calm down, man. <laughs> I think this case, first of all, the optics aren't great, obviously. Uh, Travis Kelsey, he did a battle pushing somebody, especially a coach. The optics aren't great. Right. But knowing Kelsey, he's from Cleveland, knowing people who know him, and then knowing his story of how he even got to the NFL, right? Andy Reid has known Travis Kelsey since he was 18 years old because he coached Jason when he was with Philly. So their relationship is goes much further than oh, player yeah. coach. This isn't like even I know Sean McDermott's been Josh Allen's coach for like six, seven years at this point. Right, it goes right. much deeper than that. This is he saw Travis Kelsey at his lowest in college when he got kicked out for uh for for we and stuff of that nature. So this isn't a and then he took a chance on him in the draft where a lot of people were like, oh, he's a knucklehead, character concerns, things of that nature. This isn't a normal player coach relationship. And Travis Kelsey has alluded to that on, on several occasions. So I can't put myself in them in those shoes. Like the optics aren't great, obviously, but this isn't like your normal, oh man, I would have never let my player, my coach touch me right. like that. Well, yeah, because you ain't known your coach since you was 18. Like you ain't been, you ain't known this man for 17 years. Like it's really bigger than ball. So like I mean, I mean, I know earlier this year when Travis Kelsey threw his helmet, yep. Andy Reid literally bumped him. Like, said, bro, what the hell is you doing? Like, bumped him. So, like, they clearly got their own little relationship that's, do. I don't want to call it father-son because Travis has a father, yep. but it ain't too far down. So that's where I kind of, my mind went to right away. Like, if that was Legereus Sneed, yeah. But, like, those two relationships is a little different. It is different, and it, ha and it has to be that way. So I, when I'm looking at this, I'm looking at this like, that's nothing – that's that's a guy saying this is the Super Bowl, yo. Don't don't exclude me, don't treat me like George Kittle over there that only had what two receptions this game. I'm better than this. The first half they had me, you know. Say second half I came on. I mean, I think my man left it with like nine receptions for 93 yards, but like that bump kind of had to remind, you know. What I'm saying coaches say, okay, okay, I got to smarten up and get my boy involved because sometimes coaches need a little something like that. Lord knows. Sean McDermott could could have could have got a little bump from somebody on the squad. Now the question is, who who would have could have got away with a bump to Sean McDermott defensively? Not Josh Allen. If you're looking at defense, someone on defense to kind of say, "Hey man, like we gotta we gotta start switching up, man." Coach, come on now. I don't know if anybody, Micah Hyde, maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe one. It will have to be either him or Poe. Uh, having some of the old heads. But but like I but like I mentioned though, like this isn't just a normal like, hey, I've been coaching this dude for a while. This is <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I've saved this dude's career on Fact. several occasions, like when he was at his worst type of relationship. So yeah, I don't know if the Bills have a player where McDermott would allow to be like, hey, bro, what you, like like yeah, what make him make? stumble like that. <laughs> Back it up. So now watching this, now watching this game, man. Let's get on this Pat Mahomes, man. Is Pat Mahomes that dude? Is he is he the greatest? I, I don't like the, the the greatest stuff. I feel like is is accolade based. I want to see how you're gonna react to. It. Is he the greatest? The great great greatness is accolade based, and he got. Uh, although he's off to the best start in NFL history, mm -hmm. twelve played twenty three years, and he was able to rack up a lot of accolades. So I can't really put the great. You can use another term, but greatest, I can't do that. When you look at what Pat Mahomes has been able to do, and what he's going to do in the future. Like, and I was trying to tell, I was, I was talking about we're watching greatness right now. And it's nice to, it's nice to witness 
some of these things because some of these things don't happen in certain people's generation, right? Uh, when you saw like a guy like like uh, like Lawrence from the Giants, linebacker Lawrence, like you saw a generational player, and you got to see that. I mean, I was too young to see a linebacker just just wreak havoc over everybody. And I mean, this brother was playing on cocaine and was still able to do what he was doing. Like that's insane. You you playing on white and you're still able to do what you do. So it's it's interesting. So like when you get to see like I like watching a Tom Brady, we got to watch a Tom Brady go. He whooped our ass for 20 years. So as Bills fans, we know what to do. And now we're dealing with another generational player, might some might call it. It's it's just it's nice to see. It sucks because you're going up against that, but it's it is nice to see. So now when you look at quarterbacks that can go toe to toe, who it just seems like there's two quarterbacks that can go toe to toe with Mahomes. Obviously, Tom Brady's retired. So if is there anybody that you trust that can go toe to toe with Pat Mahomes, where it's like you got you know that this quarterback is gonna put points on the board. Yeah, well, Josh has done it in the past. He's done it on several occasions. I, yep. I, I would say 13 seconds, and then this past year, I would say 100%. that he's he, he's brought enough to, to come out victorious. Um, Joe Burrow's definitely never been scared of the moment. He's actually been the one, not Josh, who's won, uh, who's won in Arrowhead uh, to go to the Super Bowl. Um, but I, I do think, though, you just need a ticket. Like, you need one of those guys. And I think whether it's CJ Shroud gets the opportunity to prove himself that he's one of those guys down the line, Justin Herbert, uh, maybe Lamar Jackson and another chance. But like, because even Joe Burrow, those Bengals defenses took it to Mahomes. It wasn't like Joe Burrow set the world on. It wasn't like Joe Burrow threw for like 350. You know what I'm trying to say? Like even this year, Josh didn't set the world on fire. He had 188 passing yards. So I understand you're going up against Mahomes, but you're still going against the Chiefs defense. And I think that's the distinction where I don't want to make this. You just need a quarterback good enough. I think that's the point I'm trying to make. It's just like you need a quarterback who is good enough. And there's very few who are on that elite level. And right now, I think, as you alluded to, it's probably just Burrow and, and Allen who's shown that they're not they've they've rose enough to the occasion where they the, the level is high enough. I said that's, I and saying. that's what I'm saying. I'm like, and it, I'm, this, this goes to the chat. Is there anybody in this league right now that you like? across from Pat Mahomes right now, because obviously, like, in the moment, he's he's number one quarterback in the game right now. But across from Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen's one that doesn't fear this, this brother, doesn't fear, doesn't crumble. He goes right at Pat Mahomes' neck, no matter what. Joe Burrow has proven that he can go at Pat Mahomes' neck. I can't see anybody else. Maybe maybe we might see C.J. Stroud be able to do it. We will see. But right now, those are the two that stand out. Chat, talk to me right now. Are those the two quarterbacks that you see that that can really mirror Pat Mahomes, or is it? Is there, am I we're missing one? Because that's that's what I'm seeing uh, right now in terms of looking at how how solid Pat Mahomes has been. Now, that being said, championship is done. They won their Super Bowl. Uh, he's at three right now. It sucks because now Josh Allen's got to catch up. So and it, it sucks because you look at it, you're like, man, like that's 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 the the standard. The bar is right there. That's how you got to get through it. So. When you're looking at the Bills now and you're looking at the success the Chiefs have had and you saw the success that the Ravens had and all that good stuff, what, what are the Bills missing? What are they missing, man? Because I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain. That's like, yo, what, what, how, how can we not be up there? I'm like, or are we missing anything? Maybe we're not missing anything. It's just a matter of just putting it together. 
if you're looking at it, what what do you see? What what stands out to you as like that's what they're missing here? Yeah, and the further I've removed myself from the 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 day I was at Orchard Park when the Bills fell to the Chiefs, yeah, I've kind of come to a a, a better understanding of one. It's not just the Bills. Like this isn't like like the the Jazz and Bulls meeting up every year in the finals, and it's only like the Jazz who are the culprit of Michael Jordan, like. Lamar Jackson's have been a culprit. Joe Burrow's been a culprit. The 49ers have been a culprit twice, and obviously the Bills as well. And that leads me to believe it isn't just like a Bills issue of like something with roster construction. Clearly, the players need to play better in the moment. Yeah. But on that note, though, in those certain situations, you have to execute. And clearly, something that they're doing in that building, they don't flinch in the moment. And I think that's something to be said. And you can rack it up as luck. But damn, they've been very, very lucky over the past six years. If you just want to say it's luck every year, and I think so. I think if you're the Bills, you have to this offseason figure out to get that squeeze out that extra one percent, right? Because you're not too far. Now, granted, on on from a, a broad view, you seem like you're very, very far. But you had them boys at home. You you played very well up until the very end, where the offense couldn't get going, and then um, you, you fell short, and Tyler Bass misses the kick. So I, I think you got to squeeze out that last one percent whatever that, that that may be because you're not the only team trying to squeeze it out the Niners literally went further than you ever did met them boys in OT like and scored on them in OT I know the Bills didn't get an opportunity to do it but like regardless you're not the only team here you got to figure out a way and I think that the Chiefs because of their unique situation where they have the best defensive coach that I've ever seen that doesn't want to head coaching job so they kind of like have a cheat code in that regard and then Andy Reid who it's probably the best offensive coach of my generation. They happen to have two on the same staff. So it's a lot of things going against other teams factors. It's a lot of things right now, man. Uh, my man Walter says the problem is not only do, uh, do the Chiefs and Bengals have better head coaches, but they have a better D.C. They have better defensive coordinators, too. In those matchups, McDermott is the lesser coach in both fronts. And I guess what my man Walter is trying to allude to is the, the, the challenge or the problem. I don't know if that's exactly what he's trying to say lies in the man in charge and that's that's the the leader now uh, i was having a conversation with the, with the boys today in, in chat right and we're we're discussing the roster we're discussing i mean what 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 draft picks that we brought in and if uh if this is a hot seat situation so my question to you good sir and it's it's a it's a it's an easy one to start off with going into 2024 season is Sean McDermott starting on the hot seat going into the season? Into the season, I can't say so. Now, if they have another year where they start flat like they did this year, then you can have those conversations. But I think, the one, the locker room still adores him. And I know people at home don't want to hear that, but that matters a ton in these situations. Terry Pagula clearly respects him as a head coach and enjoys him to be your head, their head coach as well. Um, so I can't say heading into 2024, he's on the hot seat, but I I do think there is something to be said for my money. And I, this year is not his, I'm not going to say it's not his fault, but I, I look at this playoff exit with a grain of salt. I do think there's something to be said about the, we've talked about this before, previous to this year, they the defense hasn't shown up in the postseason. And look, you can say what you want about the regular season being elite, top five, top 10 every year under his tenure in the regular season. That holds weight. But when you have 17 as your quarterback, the expectations change. Like that's like John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson. Now the, the, the expectation isn't to win the division now. It's to go take down 15 and go win, and raise a Lombardi. 
So I think that's where my concerns lie with Sean McDermott. He's clearly a great coach. You don't turn the Bills around like he's had in the past, like he's done, and raise him to the level that he's had if you aren't a good coach. That's point blank, period. But to squeeze out that final 1% when you're going up against a dynasty, that's what it is at this point. This isn't like sugarcoating. Yeah. You're going up against a dynasty on the other uh -huh. side. Okay. Are you going to, you have to figure out a way to get the monkey off your back and perform better when it matters most? Because in 2020, you gave up 38 points. 13 seconds, you gave up 30 plus as well. When you got ran off the field against the Bengals, the defense didn't show up either. Those are three examples of the defense. The offense didn't play good against the Bengals either. But those are three examples of your unit not playing well. So I think, no, he's not on a hot seat, but there is something to be said in the back of people's head about the postseason, how his unit hasn't performed. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to that point. Also, wait, hold on. So his unit not sticking to that point. So are you you can't avoid this question? Is he coming into the season on the hot seat? Knowing I don't think knowing what what he's done in the playoffs because you just said it. Regular season is one thing, playoffs is another, and he hasn't performed in the playoffs. So going into the into the next season, does he start off on the hot seat? What are you saying? No, I I think it's 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 yeah. based off. All the energy that you can tell from the Bagulas and Brandon Bean and this down the third with the locker room, I it would be hard to fire a coach with, on 12 wins unless you really felt it was stale. And at this point, I don't think the, the building feels it's stale yet. Well, and and I'm partly with you uh with the the building doesn't feel stale with him and the players still resonate with him because I truly feel that way. I still defend him to this day. However, I do believe he comes into the into the season, it may not be Maybe not be hot, but like he's sitting on that chair. Like I've been, I've been this whole offseason, this, this whole season, I'm saying he's in the room with the chair. The chair has been slid into the room. Whether he, whether they told him to sit down on it yet, he's looking at it though. And, and he's got to be making, okay, I, I got to get my act together. But furthermore, and this is where I'm going to go with this question here do I feel like he's going to, going into the season on hot seat? Yes, because you can't have seven years with the same quarterback. Essentially, the same offensive system, same defensive system. Nothing's changed. You should. You, you, we got to be closer than we than we have than we were two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Now, do I understand that there's injuries that happen? Absolutely, we know that. But ain't nobody trying to hear that excuse. Shit happens. You gotta get. You gotta. You gotta get this job done. So, does he go into the season on the hot seat? I think he's on the hot seat to like perform because Pagula's looking at. The guy that he could have had in Pat in, in obviously in my guy uh Pat Mahomes, but he gave that up for Sean McDermott because Sean McDermott had a process. So now he's like, okay, fine. But now I've seen this guy win three championships under your under your watch. You know what I'm saying? Under my watch. So yeah, you are on the hot seat. But here's how I double up on this question. If he's on the hot seat, does Brandon Bean join him? Because they're I've always Ten. I've always viewed them as a tandem. I've kind of uh, always yeah. viewed. I've all. I mean, I know he came. I know Bean came in later in the process, a couple of months, right. if I'm not mistaken. But I've kind of viewed when you look at other organizations, the Bills' organizational structure is unique. Like, there's a lot of teams where GM answers, like coach answers the GM, and then GM reports to owner. Both of them kind of report to Bagula separately. Like, it's not like they. Right. So, like, and I think so. Their relationship is a little unique to how they operate, which. Leads me to believe if you're gonna get rid of Sean, then you will probably show Brandon Bean the door as well. Um, from my money, once again, haven't spoken to Terry Pagula whatsoever, wow. but based off from the outside and how the structure is, because 
you look at some other teams and the structure's not like that. Like I like uh, like obviously in in Dallas, like you report to Jerry, like who is the owner, like Mike McCarthy does. Um, and then there's other teams who you report to your GM and set up the owner. So it case by case, but in this situation, I think both will go. And that's and this is the tough part because I think the I think Bill's mafia is split on this situation because a lot of people love Brandon Bean. Big baller bean, right? Big baller bean keeps it a buck. When he's doing interviews, he keeps it very honest. He tells you like it is. There's no fluff with him. And I think he's he's resonated a lot with Bill's Mafia. But those two, they're together, they're packaged, right? So how do you if if McDermott doesn't perform, how do you absolve Brandon Bean from not having any success? You're the one buying the groceries, you're the one in, in charge of you know player personnel and 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 what you're drafting and what you're bringing to the table. And if if what you're bringing to the table is not doing enough, you can't keep one and not the other. Both got to go. So I, find, I I have a hard time I mean, grasping that because I like McDermott. And I like Brandon Bean. I, I want these guys to stick around for to have success. But, like, Pagula's got to be looking at this like, fam, my my counterparts, the other owners, and I'm looking at the, the was it uh, Lamar Hunt? Is it Lamar Hunt that's the owner for the cat? Yo, I talk to these guys every every year at these meetings. I can't walk around, watch this guy with three rings on his finger. Something's got to give. So I'm hoping that Sean McDermott and these boys work something out and figure out what it is that needs to be fixed. And I'll tell you right now, a lot of it, and most people might say, ah, but I don't know. It's got to, you got to fix that defense. You got to fix that defense. And we're about to lose a whole lot of players on this squad. I'm just going to rhyme you a few names for people to understand where we stand on this situation. And when you look at this roster and who is going to be leaving, check this out. Kyle Allen, Damian Harris, Latavius Murray, Ty Johnson, Gabe Davis, Trent Sherfield, the offensive line, David Edwards, Leonard Floyd, AJ Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, Daquan Jones. These are all guys that potentially may not return, right? Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, Puna Ford, Linval Joseph, Tyrell Dotson, Tyler Matakavich, Micah Hyde, Taylor Rapp, Dane Jackson, Cam Lewis, and then Quentin Morris is uh, is a ERFA. Bro, that's a lot of decisions that have to be made on the squad. That is tough. <laughs> Yo, I do not envy Brandon Bean in this situation because you got to get under the cap. You got to figure out who you bring him back. And of that list, there's, there's a handful of people that say, Yo, I got to bring that guy back. So, of that list I just named, was, was there anybody that stood out to you like, you got to bring that guy back? If I if I named you, if I said, do you bring back Ty Johnson? I would like to have him back, but if you can find another guy of, like running backs or dime a dozen. At, at ah, that I don't point. you dare say that. No, 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 no. Not the elite ones. I'm talking about like the my third shrinker guy. Okay. Like the, <laughs> hold on. For everybody in the chat, I am not like a running backs or like replaceable type of guy. I just watched Christian McCaffrey just have 180 in a Super Bowl, right? So, like, I'm not oh, yeah. that guy. But, uh, like, in terms of my third string guy, I do think those guys tend to recycle a little bit. So, and I, I got to change the, my banner here because uh, I think it's necessary. So, I'm going to I'm gonna name you these guys again. And which, and the, this goes for the chat as well. Who do you retain? Who would you guys like to retain? Um, let me write this in real quick. No, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So who do we retain, folks? So let me go by this list. Kyle Allen. Retain or let go? I, Kyle Allen didn't do anything for me. 
Yeah, I mean, he didn't do much outside. I mean, he's Josh Allen's friend, but outside of that, not much else. Outside of that, not much. I mean, if if he goes into the game, I was just like, ah, whatever. Mitch Trubisky, when we had Mitch Trubisky, I had no problems. If Mitch Trubisky got in the game, I'd say, okay, we we still got a we still got a chance. Kyle Allen goes into the game, no, it's a wrap. Uh, Damian Harris, are we done with that that uh, that that project? Don't know about his health situation. Don't know about his health situation, but similar to Ty Johnson, you can test the market. All right, uh, Latavius Murray. I mean, great story. Thirty-four years of age. I think he did more than enough. I think we did more than with him. Bro, are you? We were. It's been great. See you later. Uh, <clears throat> he once again did a phenomenal job, but. Go test the market. Go test the market. I like that. You've been very nice about it. I like that a lot. Uh, Gabe Davis. Are you trying to retain Gabe Davis? Do we bring him back on a contract that is doable? Or, listen, good riddance has been great. Salute to you. Because that's a big one right now. I don't think that you say good riddance to any player. But I don't think it's going to be realistic to retain Gabe. There are a lot of teams out here who need receivers. And I don't think it'll be at a price tag that the Bills will want to pay. What do you think he's worth? Because right now, uh, it seems as though the, the market uh, for, and I'm going to open it up in just a moment, but the market for Gabe Davis is is sitting around the 14 mil mark. Uh, is he worth 14 million? I mean, the market's going to, the market's the market. You're going right. to get what you get. But is he, are we sitting here saying, yo, the bills could bring him back for, for that kind of price? Are He's 14 million. He's worth 14 million, just not for the bills. Like, like I do think like that's the going rate for a wide receiver too. Like, and I don't know if he's a consistent wide receiver too, but some team's gonna give him at least twelve. Um, I mean, if you now the question also begs, and this is a larger conversation about receivers, and I don't mean to make this about Gabe, but like I, I, we're almost getting to a point where the market's getting oversaturated mm-hmm. to where there might be some players this year take some discounts because. Every single year, we're hearing about a generational draft class coming to the table. We're hearing about all these good receivers. So at some point, the the, the money's not going to keep rising. At some point, some guys are going to get priced down, and the market's going to correct itself. And I think it happened a little bit last year with those guys not getting paid as much as they thought. And it might happen to Gabe this year as well. Well, right now, it's telling us that uh, Gabe Davis, his uh, his, his calculated market value right now is at 13.6 mil. So he's looking to probably hit a four-year, 54-mil deal on the market. And now, obviously, I would assume that he gives the Bills the first crack at trying to bring him back. But do you bring him back? I mean, we're already 50-mil in the, in, the, in the hole. I can't see them bringing Gabe Davis back. So then makes me say this to you. Would it make you feel some type of way if you saw Gabe Davis in a Chiefs uniform? Nah, because they shown that they can win with me at receiver. So I know they can make Gabe work. <laughs> like, like, that's not the Bills' problem. I mean, if, if you're the Bills, they won with Justin Watson at receiver. No disrespect to Justin Watson, two-time Super Bowl champ. Who was who Carl Jones to talk about you? Right. But they've shown that it don't matter who they have out there. That's not the Bills' problem, what another team can do. You got to worry about yourselves at this point. Um, so, I mean, if, if Gabe gets paid there, by all means, go do it. But wasn't working for us. Y'all can have, I don't know, Andre Reed right now receiving the Chiefs might make it work. So, uh, hey, that's not the the Bills' problem. I hear you. Uh, I got uh, Monkey Business says uh, the Bills need that Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola receiver. They haven't been the same since Cole Beasley. 
Allen was his best with that type of player underneath. Well, guess what? This is where Kalusha Kier comes in. I think Kalusha Kier is the perfect complement to Josh Allen. And uh, just a few days ago, Josh Allen was asked about Kalusha Kier uh, by the FS1 group uh, with Shady and Emmanuel Ocho and, and uh, Joy Taylor and uh, James Jones. And uh, they asked that brother, like, listen, man, Kalusha Kier. The minute they mentioned Kalusha Kier, his face lit up. So that tells you big things is coming for Kalusha Kier. He says he's your, he ain't nobody built like this guy. This guy's a hard worker and he's where he's supposed to be. So that tells me he's smart enough. He's aware enough that he's where he's supposed to be. And if him and Josh Allen put things together, that's going to be problematic. So you just need a nice complimentary number two receiver to, to really pull things together for this offense. Question is, is Gabe Davis the one you want to retain? I don't know, man. You go five games with zero receptions. That tells me more than I need to know. It's time for you to test the market elsewhere, uh, which brings me to Trent Sherfield. I think that experiment is done. Thank you very much. It's been great. You can go back to Miami now. You can, they can have you. Uh, David Edwards, depth at the O-line position. You can never have too much depth. David Edwards was a, as a name, and this is what I was reading, was a name that, A, wasn't really supposed to be on the market that late. So the fact that we were able to get him on the squad was a steal because he was a damn good lineman. So he's going to go out there and and gain some some money on the market. So when I look at a guy like David Edwards and building the line, are you in on the trend in, in the in the trenches? David Edwards is a guy that you want to bring back. First off, I am team trenches all day of the week. All right, I'm a, I'm a lot of teams. I'm a, I'm a lot of teams. I'm team trenches. I'm team DBs. Team, all that good type of You're stuff. You're team defense, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm team defense, baby. But uh, once again, test the market. The Bills are also bringing back, I believe, 10 offensive, like a lot of offensive linemen, like even the, including the P-Squadras as well. So um, will he want to come back knowing there isn't a starting role up for grabs? That's the uh, better question. With some, right. a lot of these guys as well, um, which might dry his price tag up to be $3 million, And now you're paying $3 million to a backup. So I, I think that's where uh, – the David Edwards experience probably experiment, excuse me, it's probably done. I got a super chat coming in from a signified nose. What's up, signified? Appreciate that super chat, my G. It says, we haven't, we haven't had, excuse me, we haven't, I gotta say been. We uh we haven't been to the AFC championship in four years. I don't care if the team is willing to commit domestic terrorism for him. <laughs> Defense fails to show up in the playoffs. We better make at least the AFC championship to consider keeping him. Um, what say you on, I guess, his, I guess, uh, what he needs to do. And to me, AFC championship, it's either AFC championship or, or you're out of here or Super Bowl or, or you're out of here. Or what is it that uh, Pagula's Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by 
by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. We're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Message has to be to McDermott. If you're Pagula, what's your, that's a damn good, if you're Pagula, what's your, what's your, I guess, your message to Sean McDermott going into this? And I'm not just going to keep Sean McDermott. I'm going to put Brandon Bean in there. You're the, you're Pagula. What's your message to those two brothers? Going into this offseason, are you giving them an ultimatum or what kind of message are you giving to them? Not an ultimatum, no, because I don't think they've done a job that deserves feet to the fire. But once again, you start six and six again, back door into the playoffs, and then you lose in the divisional round. I think that's where we have that conversation where it's like, this might not be working. But I mean, I, I do want people to look around the league for a second. Like, if the Bills go 13 and four, make it to the divisional round and fall short to 15 again. I want y'all to look at how many teams are falling short to 15. If you ain't Tom Brady and the Bengals got him. So you're right. Zach Taylor and, and the Bengals did a phenomenal job that time, but there are going to be a lot of teams who to want to can they head coaches and GMs because of that. And once again, I'm not saying I'm trying to defend Sean McDermott here. I'm just trying to put into perspective that there are a lot of teams who fired their coaches trying to chase the Patriots when in all actuality, it wasn't your fault. You was just happened to be born in the wrong era. Or the same thing with the – and my dad tells me all the time with the 90s with Jordan. Like, it wasn't your fault. You just – your birthday was wrong. Like, that's just <laughs> – like, so, like – and that's the thing. Like, I'm not saying that McDermott doesn't need to be held accountable. But just 
take it back for a second, take a step back and just realize you ain't the only one that got trauma right now. You ain't. Because Kyle Shanahan, for my money, is one of the best offensive innovators of all time. And he can't take him down. So the 49ers is going to get rid of him too. And and Lord, and, and I'll just say this, if Kyle Shanahan got fired, I promise you, if I was a bit, if I was terrible good, I'm firing McDermott to get Kyle Shanahan. So that's kind of to, to my point of y'all mad at one person right now. You ain't the only one that's mad at him. Ah, so are you on the are you on board? I mean, because you're a defensive guy, but are you on board with with coaches? This team could benefit from having an offensive mind coach, head coach. Or are you like, listen, you need a leader of men. You need a guy like Mike Tomlin. So uh, most folks are saying, well, Mike Tomlin ain't no, he ain't not on the hot seat because they were, they were discussing. I mean, I don't want to say the management was, but like fans are now starting to discuss, yo, listen, man, I know this guy's been 17 years without having a losing season, but like we haven't been relevant enough in recent years. So he was even in conversation of being let go. So is offensive minded coach the way to go in this situation? Or is it, it's just a matter of, putting the right pieces together. And the way I look at this and looking at this whole situation is offensively, we're not far apart. We just retained a young offensive mind that I think, I think is going to finally put his own spin and his own, you're saying his own, I guess, groceries together to make this thing work. It all stems back to the defense. You gotta, you gotta get your defense right now. Obviously it'll help getting Christian Bedford and Matt Milano back. That'll be huge. Right. Rasul Douglas. Now, this is where things get muddy. And this is where I'm going to need your help on this. But defense is where people are going to be paying attention to. So that being said, when you look at the linebacker crew, I think that's going to be set. We'll probably bring some like Dorian Williams alongside uh, Bernard and Matt Milano. That's a nice trio. I'm very pleased with that. What the hell are we doing with the defense backfield? What are we doing with that? Like Trey White, who knows what we're going to do with Trey White? Trey White could be gone, could not. Who knows what that's going to be? I, I hope that McDermott and Bean don't allow heart, their heartstrings to be pulled on by, by bringing back Trey White. Obviously, the Achilles, that's a shitty situation to be in. And then he came back from a, an ACL a couple of years ago. Does, does Pagula allow, you know what I'm saying, the fans to get involved and get him to pull on the heartstrings and bring Trey White back? I hope that's not the case. Business is business, and you might have to let that brother go and maybe potentially bring him back on a one-year deal to show me, okay, how how you looking, right? That could be one thing. But you got Rasul Douglas. You got Christian Benford. You got Jordan Poirier coming back, and you have an open vacancy spot at the safety position. And then you got Kyer Elam, and then Dave Jackson. You got to figure out what you're going to do with Dave Jackson. If you're construction, constructing this defensive backfield, who are you putting where? How are you setting things up? How would you go about it? Okay, so the first domino is Micah Hyde. Um, okay. What does he choose to do? Does he walk over? Because I think the tone that we got on, on Locker Clean Out Day was kind of either retire or come back. It didn't really get the vibe of hitting free agency. It, it really didn't get that vibe of going somewhere else. So I think, obviously, he's dealing with something bigger than the ball with his neck. I mean, that's a, that's a life or death situation he's dealing with. Um, so that's the first domino. If he chooses to come back, then we got some things to handle with that. Cause if he walks, then obviously Poyer can come back for another year. For but sure. Then do you want to clean house with that? Do you just want to say that regime help the bills get back to where they want to go, but let's just take both of the safeties out at the same time. You can cut Poyer as well. 
So I think that's one possible route. In terms of the cornerback situation, I think it's kind of the it's on the table for the Bills, and I don't think there's much wiggle, wiggle room for it. Rasul Douglas's cap number is, I believe, nine million. Yeah. You'll probably extend him to lower that just because sure. they're in cap hell as that they're in. Yep. Um, so I think that's one move that's already made the day that they traded for him. Trey White, I think they're kind of stuck in a bind. And, and to, to give you some backstory on his contract situation, he is due a roster bonus in early March, which means he gets one million something guaranteed if he's on the roster in early March. The pickle with that, he won't be healthy by early March. So if you cut him before that, that is dead money on the cap and you eat all of it. You don't know if he's healthy or not. So that's the pickle that you're in. If I was the Bills situation, what I would probably do is extend Trey White but not put guaranteed money on the back end of it, which means change the cap hit a little bit. So it's lower for this year because I believe it's $17 million. Um, So he's not so our, our corner who we don't know is, is affecting this, this upcoming fall. Is not at 17 million. So you extend him not on something like we're pushing it down the line, but just move the money around it so it's not guaranteed on the back end, if that if that makes sense to you. It, um, so that's the the route I would take with the, the defensive back. I'm drafting the safety regardless. If I didn't mention that, I'm sorry. Safeties yep. are you need to get younger, like you. I, I mean, I, I love DB. So when I watch the Chiefs, I am locked in because they are young, fast, and nasty. Everybody yeah. on the damn defense. And it's because they're young for the most part. I mean, it's a young man's game, if we're going to be honest here. So, yeah, it's um, young team. It's young team. Yeah, I mean, they're the second youngest team in football. And it's because mm. of that 2022 draft that is going to go down in the record books. But all I say all that to say, extend Trey White, not in the traditional extend them, bring him back for five years, move the money a little bit, extend Russell Douglas, and then wait and see on Micah and what he decides to do. So you're going to sit there and and and, uh, and you're, you're, you're guy. You know what I'm saying Christian Bedford, you're just gonna just let Christian Bedford just sit there and just just sit there and be a backup. No, nah. just be a backup. Yo, he, he is too good to be a. Now. But I I don't know the effectiveness effectiveness of Trey White. It might just be a Bedford situation that's that much better than Trey in practice. And you know what? Because the other route that they could take, and I think this is where it wouldn't be just Trey White; it would be other players on the team as well. If they treated this like as, as a eat your pill type of year where they say, you know, we're going to clear the books on a lot of these older guys because they are an old team, like in terms of they their are. stars, in terms of the stars, they got some young pieces, but in their stars, whether it's a Milano, whether it's a Von Miller, or Stephon Diggs or Trey White, those are big money guys who are either 30 or on the wrong side. The wrong side. <laughs> yeah. Of so, so I think that's the that's the issue that they're dealing with. And maybe they just want to say, you know what? 2025 is our year. 2024, Josh, do what best you can. I wouldn't do that, but there are some avenues that they could take. Brother, sure. rip the bandaid off, cut Trey White. Just rip it off and cut Trey White. I think he's going to be pulling out. Yeah, it's that business. This is the nasty part that, I mean, Stefan Diggs right now is pissing a lot of, of Bills fans off because he's pretty much alluding to, listen, I want to come back. Like, I, I got all my intentions of coming back, but. This league is a finical, this is a finicky league. I can tell you all the things that I'm telling you I'm coming back, and all of a sudden they trade me. So, like, I can't tell you that I'm 100. So, I understand what he's saying. So, this is the business side that people hate, and they're not going to like this business decision that's going to have to be made. You've got to move on for Trey White, get younger, get healthier. And now you got Christian Bedford that holds on one side. You got Rasul Douglas that holds the other side. So, now you got yourself corners. Then, Figure out what you're going to do with Caillou Elam. He's your depth guy, your third receiver that comes in. 
bring back Dane Jackson. Now you got your four guys. And now you work on bringing Jordan Poirier back and, and just have, have him kind of transition with the new rookie. And then you kind of move things around. Taylor Rapp. Do you bring back Taylor Rapp? Taylor Rapp might want to go get paid. Like, Taylor Rapp is definitely going to want to get paid. And are, are the Bills ready to pay that brother and say, you know what? Jordan Poirier, see you later. I'm going to get younger with a 25-year-old that's already got the system down a little bit after one year and then go get yourself another rookie. And now you've got two young studs in the defensive backfield ready to go. Question is now, did you get too young? Do you not have enough experience in the back end of that defense? Well, look at the Chiefs. They got a bunch of college kids back there outside of Legereus cool. Sneed. I, I mean, I mean, I mean, Legereus Sneed, I believe, is 27. But outside of him, they got – I mean, Justin Reed is, is, is about 26 as well. But Trip McDuffie, younger than me. Jalen Watson, younger than me. Yep. Uh, forgive the other cornerback that they drafted. I'm looking at it right now. Um, Joshua Williams, younger than me. Like, these are 23 and 24-year-olds. I mean, if you can ball, you can ball. Like – Man. I mean, system be damn, man. Like <laughs> system be damn for real. Uh Doug uh Doug Anderson, I think he's saying. Uh Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson lost his job two years after beating the Patriots uh with Nick Foles. I don't care how good 15 is, it's possible to beat him. Of course it's possible. We've beaten him before in regular season, right? We could have beat him in the playoffs. It just it was just a matter of I mean decision making that was poor um in that regard. But listen, I'm I'm with Signify Knows, I know exactly what he's saying. Walter comes in and says, I love people uh, continue to say that we're close um, despite more teams entering the Super Bowl contender picture in the AFC every year. We need to be real and say this shit isn't working. How do you feel about that? that this isn't working and something's got to give. I think we all agree something's not all right. Um, we got to fix something. But, I mean, it's going to start with certain – it's going to start with who we decide to bring back and retain and have tough conversations about the cornerback spot, tough conversations about the defensive line spot. Leonard Floyd, do we bring back Leonard Floyd? Is he going to want to get paid? He absolutely deserves to get paid. What he had not, did what, finish with five, ten sacks this year? Yeah. Or did he finish with, nine and a half, finish with ten sacks uh, yet again? So the guy continues to do great things. You got to bring him back. You know Von Miller's coming back. Hopefully Von Miller gives you a shell of what he was the first year he came back. So there's some, there's some things that this defense is going to have to do, uh, and we're going to have to get our act together. That is for sure. So going back to this this Chiefs Niners game, was there something that stood out to you in that game where you're like, see, this is what stands out, and this is what makes this game so good. This is what makes this team so good in terms of the Chiefs. And what were the 49ers missing? Okay, dissect all of that. What were the 49ers missing? Um, they didn't have one of those ones that court Brock Purdy, I think, is a good quarterback. I honestly think he does. I do think. I always clown on him a lot on Twitter for the Cam Newton thing, game manager, yeah. whoop de whoop, whatever. He's a good quarterback. All right. He's proven it this year. And I think comparing him to what Jimmy G was in San Francisco is so unfair. Anyone who's watched Jimmy G and Brock Purdy command that offense, it is night and day. Brock Purdy is a good quarterback. But good ain't good enough against 15. You need damn near elites. So that was the first issue. The second issue, quite frankly, they didn't execute, like they didn't take advantage of all the opportunities. They did get it unlucky. I mean, the Chiefs recovered, I believe, five of the six fumbles or six of the seven fumbles. So, I mean, the punt doesn't hit a guy's leg. Maybe the game changes and things of that nature. Maybe. Maybe, maybe things So maybe things change in that regard. But you, love my, you know I love my boxing. Styles make fights. And the one style that the 49ers are uncomfortable playing is a drop-back game. 
And if there is one team since probably that Broncos defense that won it in 2015 that I've seen say, we don't give a damn who you have a receiver, we're winning, it's that Chiefs defense of this past year. And because they stopped the run and put all the resources in the run into the box, the 49ers weren't able to get to some of those explosive runs that we've seen CMC so accustomed to having. And unfortunately, Debo Samuel, great player, but he's not a route runner down the field. So if y'all can go check him out Twitter, Trent McDuffie had him in hell, and I'm sure Debo Samuel is going to have nightmares of 22 his the rest of his life. Brandon Ayuk lined up against LeJarrius Sneed, who didn't give up, I believe, 60 yards this whole year. So that, that was that. Justin Reed, man in the middle, a very good cornerback in himself. And then on top of the fact that Steve Spagnuolo, phenomenal defensive coordinator, and I think people, people forget he was also the same D.C. that shut down Brady in 07, the greatest offense of all time. So, like, this isn't, like, some fluke thing that Spags is doing, okay? Um, so, I, I think that it was a bad matchup for the for the Niners once the it game was. turned into a drop back. Because yep. I think anyone else, I think Debo can get open. Like, no one else's CB2 is an all-pro. Like, Ayuk is an all-pro. George Kittle is an all-pro. But when you go up against those guys on the other side who are all-pros as well with coaches who are goats, literally – tough it's tough bro Debo is overrated to me bro Debo is absolutely overrated to me why they gave that brother all that money is is baffling to me this all year he's had i think his his best statistical game all year was an eight reception game for like a buck 25 right for someone paid all that money you at least owe me that at least twice twice maybe three times in, a, in an 18 game season other than that this brother was averaging four receptions Three receptions here, five receptions there, six receptions here. This game in a Super Bowl game, three receptions for 33 yards, bro. Nah, bro, that, that can't happen. George Kittle, what do you have? George Kittle had two receptions for four yards. Jennings was your best receiver. He had four for 42. Actually, your best receiver really was Christian McCaffrey. Bro, they I would say his receivers let him down. No, he did. His receivers absolutely let his ass down. And Brock Purdy is not elite. So in order for him to have great quarterback, but you got to show up for this guy. So you made him play double over, like double time to really try to get things working for y'all. Brandon Ayuk, and he's probably gone. Brandon Ayuk ain't coming back probably. And he he want to get paid. And I don't know if the Niners can do it. Nah, he he's he's out. And Debo Samuel's overrated, bro. I'm telling you. So LeJerry Steed had easy work. Uh, you mean McDuffie had easy work, it was easy for these guys. So, defensively, you got to give credit to Spags. Spags came through and handled his business. This is why I believe that Josh Allen is so freaking close. He don't fear Spags, he don't fear Pat Mahomes. He just needs guys that are just as fearless as he is to, to take battle with him. Because I feel like Stefan Diggs gives us the ability of being fearless, but like he's been almost void. When it comes to playing against the Chiefs. But now the Chiefs got LeJarrius Sneed. They got McDuffie. They got some ballers. They do got some ballers. But you got to have someone that adds to that effect. And going into this game without freaking Gabe Davis. <laughs> yo, that's tough, man. That's tough. So that's why I feel I feel good. Because Dalton Kincaid going into the season. Going to his second year is going to be great. Then you got, obviously, Kalusha Kier coming through. Diggs, hopefully. I mean, whatever's, whatever was plaguing him. And he comes in ready to go. We just got one more piece offensive that we got to add to this team. We're ready. Then put all the freaking resources into the defense. Put all your resources into the defense. Get the linebacker crew fine. If the linebacker crew is great, 
get the trenches right, get the DBs right, and get the right nucleus correct. And then we can freaking push it. And then you got to deal with the head coach, whether he's fucking, whether he's on it or not. You know what I'm saying? There's so, so many damn things, man. We're close, but far away at the same time. I, it, it's, a, it's a messed up situation to, to be on, but it's all, it all ties back into the Bills, man. Like, watching these AFC foes win the damn championship, and you sitting here every year doing the same damn thing. Like, yo, what does it have? What has to give? And that's where that's where we stand with these damn bills. Um, let's kind of switch switch um, switch seats for a little bit. Not even switch seats, but switch topics here. I got beef with my guy Zbot. Zbot was on last night, and he was talking about the halftime show. And this brother, this brother had the nerve to say that the halftime show was five out of ten. Man, I know. Listen, I know. I was like, fam, what? See, but Zbot's a young buck. Zbot's a young buck. It's it's uh and I know he listens to all types of music, but his favorite band is uh is three doors down. I think it's three doors down. And so like that's that's his that's a genre of music. He doesn't realize that. Oh my god, this is, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. How dare, how dare y'all sit here and talk about Usher, one of the greatest to do it, and you guys sit here that he was awful, he was bad. Usher was ahead of his time. I don't care what you listen. This guy was dropping classic after classic. You have to know Usher's Usher's tracks to really appreciate what this brother was able to do. He's 45 years of age, was still able to act like he was 25 out there doing all these things. Bro, I'm, what were your thoughts on the on the halftime show? One of my favorites ever. I mean, I'm a young buck, so I I don't know when my way came out. Might have been 98, might have been 96. But the Confessions album, let's just say I might have been three. And that's all I heard my whole childhood in the back seat. Like that's really that's all, that's all I heard. So being able to, um, I've always wanted to go see his residency out in Vegas because I heard they're uh, they're awesome and all the concerts that he does. Um, but so seeing him on the national stage, uh, it was really cool to see. Obviously, he brought out Alicia, um, Lil John, Ludacris. Yep. Um, brought out her as well. Like it, it was really cool to see a person that I admired as a kid. Not admired. I mean, a kid that I, I mean, person somebody that I looked up to as a kid. Sure. Um, and what was cool to me, I was kind of scared that he was going to play some of his deep. He wasn't going to play some of his deep cuts because it wasn't quote unquote Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, energy. Like, yeah, like yeah, is he gonna sit and, and play some of his slower stuff because he want to go for like because it's a concert? You want to go for the the, the, the uns, uns, like upbeat vibe and right. but nah, he went back and, and and went and grabbed the classics. He played. You remind me. He played me. You don't have to call. Like he played all that good type of he stuff. Played seven o'clock. Like he played like he, yeah. He played all that stuff. I, I ain't know no idea he was gonna play nice and slow. I really didn't think that. I'm like oh, that's listen. way too slow. I'm like, but he did it, so I was I was cool. And he did it in a way because listen, you have to understand there. The same way, like where you have uh, who was the old school? Like I'm looking at all the uh, there was a there was a Super Bowl performance. Who was it? I'm gonna look at the last ten Super Bowl shows, uh, halftime shows, and there was one of the old school, not my type of music, right? Um, hold on, last ten Super Bowl halftime shows. Okay, so you had Rolling Stones. Was was one that played, and everyone loved the Rolling Stones one. I was like, eh. I was like, it's not my type of music. So, but people are gonna love it because it, it brings them back, right? So for for us, Usher brings us back. He's been doing this since he was like a seven, I think a teen, right? He's forty five years of age. He's been doing those for 20, 20 plus years now, and 
he's been doing it. So people loved me. I love Bruno Mars. When Bruno Mars came on, excellent performance. That was that was bomb. When U2 came on, not my type. I was like, it's okay. But people loved it. So you're you're always gonna have people split on the halftime show. In my opinion, Usher Usher is one of the greatest. He's one of my favorites. So and you you sing all the classics. I had people over with me. Some of them were just looking at there. I'm like, man, I'm I'm humming and singing. My wife is humming, and singing all these songs, jamming out. I, I absolutely enjoyed it. Now, was he as energetic as a Bruno Mars? Absolutely not. Katy Perry with all the theatrics and all that stuff, uh, not. But when he came in with Lil John, you came out Ludacris. Now you kind of got it going. Now last year, I would say was a little more for everybody because you had Dr. Dre, you had Fifty Cent, you had Eminem, you had Mary J. Blige. Like the whole the whole shebang, everybody loved it, and the scene was pretty cool. Stoop Dogs out there, it was anticipated. But Usher, that's a different vibe. I thought it was great. Some people were like, "Man, snooze! Come on, man, you can't snooze on Usher. You can't snooze on that brother, man. That boy, that boy was nice, man. So to me, I thought that was I thought that was a nice touch uh, for <laughs> for a Super Bowl halftime show, at least for me. But I mean, some people might feel differently. My man said, "I'm still waiting for Metallica." Hey, you might get Metallica. I I don't know when. <laughs> I don't know when, but you might get Metallica. You know what I'm saying? But like Justin Timberlake, Bruno Mars, amazing. Janet Jackson's was obviously was great as well. So, I mean, it, it, listen, everybody's got their taste. But you 2 Rolling Stones, not for me. I'm the type of person that walk away and just go do other things. But here's the thing. Everybody wants to talk about it wasn't great. But guess what? 129 million people viewed that halftime show. It was. It's actually one of – it's the biggest – Halftime show that people have seen. And some people are talking about, well, this Super Bowl was the, the most viewed Super Bowl ever. But guess what? It was 120, 23 million. This jumped up to 129. So six more million people viewed that thing just to see Usher. So I know some people are kind of like, ah, bro, the numbers ain't lying. The numbers are telling you that people came through having to watch this whole halftime show. Anyway, I had to get that off my chest. Shout out to my man, Zeba, because I know he was trying to, he, he likes to the listen goes every year you go on Twitter you go man wasn't that one of the worst halftime shows ever purposely and he sees the thing split people are like how dare you and I'm one of them how dare you and you have people say yo you're right that was trash that was trash ah. to each their own if you were to pick someone for next year as a performer who are you picking man uh I'm an R&B hip hop guy so like I, I, I preface that like I respect other like genres, but like for me personally, like are you? Are I'm you? Trying, yeah, uh, there's a, there's a lot of great artists out here that I don't know if are great performers though. I think that's a lot of things. Like the music that I listen to, I don't know if I trust them on a stage. Like, <laughs> that's true. Uh, it's a different vibe. I'm bringing Bruno Mars back. Bruno oh, Mars you talking about like people we can bring back? Oh, yeah. If you can bring back somebody, or if you could, if you could bring a new artist in, or someone that's 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 just doing it out there. And this goes for the chat as well. If you guys were to bring somebody right now, and say this is who I want for next year, who would it be? Bruno's a good choice because he's a great entertainer. Like Bruno's a great entertainer, so I would like yes, that. Um, Beyonce is obviously a fantastic entertainer. I would love to see her again. Um, like Drake's my favorite artist. I just don't know how entertaining he would be for 120 million. Um, oh, Drake, Drake would actually kind of move the needle. Well, I would love it, but like as an entertainment value, like he can't dance, so like, I don't know what type of vibe he's gonna bring to the table, like in, in, in that regard. Uh, JT, hey, yeah, yeah, sure. Buster Rhymes would be wild. 
that'd be wild. I ain't gonna lie to you. That'd be wild. Ooh, yeah. and, and have like have a thing, have things worked out. That would be that would be super dope to kind of have it out, man. But anyways, I just want to I want to bring that up because I found that I found that super interesting because it was like it was really split. I saw some people saying, yo, that was that was not it. That was not it. And it's gonna be in New Orleans next year. So some people say juvenile Lil Wayne Hot Boys. Yo, you let that you let that one song come on. You go, you're gonna have all the females running to the stage. Back that thing up. <laughs> you know how that's gonna be. But uh yo, big big shout out to uh Usher and the whole halftime crew. Halftime, I think it was amazing. Um, you rating rating the Super Bowl one one through ten. What'd you rate the performance of that Super Bowl? Everything just the, in the totality of everything. Totality, uh yep. I mean it was a game that was in when the overtime. Um obviously I'm biased because I really love grit good defense, especially good defensive play. Sure. Um, and even when they were scoring, like Trim McDuffie with the phenomenal play Huge um, in the fourth quarter. I mean, that was Huge. the play of the game. Like, And I know that won't be in the stat book for a pick or an interception, but the play I'm talking about, folks, it was third and four, uh, two-minute warning. If the Niners get a first down, they probably run down the clock and kick a game-winning field goal. Is it, is it on your Twitter? It is on my Twitter, yes. I'm about, and, I'm about to pop your Twitter open right now. Yeah, keep talking. I think about. I retweeted it. I think I retweeted the actual play. Right. Yeah, but um, that that play right there, I will give it an eight out of ten. Though, I mean, once again, Seahawks, Patriots, probably a ten for me. Um, if I can think of something else off the top of my head, I thought Rams, Bengals was good. I really did think so. Aaron Donald closing it out with the, with the ring celebration was dope. Um, as well. I mean, hey, shoot, nice. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of which which uh. N- not that one. No, you can keep going. That was just that was just McDuffie just going crazy. Like is that, that the whole that the whole, you say, uh, so, uh, the takeaway, the game record. No, no, not that. No, keep going, keep going. I just retweeted the play. No, no, you gotta keep. Uh, it keep was the uh, elite DB play by Pat Mahomes. Hold on, I'm trying to. I think there's the last one you put up here. Yeah, that. This is just him clamping them. Like this is just McDuffie at the bottom of the screen. Just for, for those at home, if y'all want to see a. Uh, elite performance in terms of the defensive back taking over without getting a pick. That's this. Uh just just a phenomenal, phenomenal play. Um and it's and I know I don't know if Bill's fans if or all this is the play right here where Big Duffy is gonna blitz. Oh yeah, that was a big play. Huge. And I haven't been able to mention this, so I'll bring it up now since we're talking about him. I don't know if Bill's fans realize the McDuffie Bill's connection. In terms of in 2022, it was t- everyone knew that the Bills needed a cornerback, and the Chiefs traded in front of the Bills to go take Trent McDuffie. So then the Bills, two picks later, trade up to go get Kyrie Elam. So I think Bills fans have gotten over the Josh Allen Mahomes like comparison back in 2017. But five years later, a Chiefs, a, a trade involving the Chiefs rises back to the occasion which i think will haunt them for a oh, while now because if you have an all pro, if you insert trent mcduffie on this bill's defense who he's on one side put whoever on the other i don't care lord have mercy well here's the thing and and most bills fans knew that bills were looking for a corner we needed a corner and needed to happen there were some good corners that that went early and trent mcduffie was for the taking he was for the taking, and the Chiefs said, "Yoink, you ain't getting that, brother, because we want his ass." And they, and then we, and then this is where I was like, "Okay, if we didn't get the corner that we needed, I think Tariq Woolen was in the same draft class. I think he was in the same draft class, so we could have easily dropped down and picked up Brees Hall, 
And then we would have definitely got a got Tariq Woolen. See, and this is why this year I feel like Brandon Bean has to strike. He has to hit on all his picks. And, and it's got to go from one through three. They got to be guys that you can actually put in the game right away immediately. None of this, oh, I'm going to let him materialize. You think you think freaking the Chiefs gave a damn about materializing Karlofkis or materializing McDuffie? Yo, get in the game and play. You got to get baptized by fire, my G. You got to get in right now. And that's how you're going to get it. So here we are. We're messing around and, and trying to figure things out and let these rookies kind of marinate. Yo, F all the marinating bullshit. Get these guys in the game right away. So Brandon B, we're going to be watching your ass, man. We're going to be watching, especially because we ain't got no money. We're broke. So everything is going to be is going to be magnetized on the draft picks. We're going to see how for, that plays out. For sure. I will say this, though. Uh, we've talked about the, talked about this before. The Chiefs did it. Like in terms of like hitting on a draft, and I have the names in front of me. I've been, I've been talk, talking about this with other people on some other radio spots. Obviously, Trip McDuffie was their first round pick, along with George Karloftis. And that same draft, mind you, they won a Super Bowl last year with all these guys starting. Brian Cook yep. was their safety. Leo yep. Chanel was their backup linebacker. Mm. Joshua Williams was the other cornerback. Jalen Watson was the backup cornerback. Isaiah Pacheco was the running back. That is a retooling of the roster in one year. It can be done. They it's really hard, but it can be done. And Walter, uh, uh, you're actually right. But the one thing, though, is that McDuffie is versatile, which I think if you put more versatile players on the field, that's where you can get creative. And maybe Sean McDermott doesn't have the creative gene to do, gene to do so. But McDuffie in that game against the Niners was lined up outside and did the same thing to Brandon Ayuk. So he is more than capable of being that type of player. But I would I take good players over Ron bad Johnson's players. Ron Johnson is not McDuffie. No, he's not. And, and, and I still think Ron Johnson is a good player. But yeah, they're a different player. Yeah, they're just not. He's not McDuffie. Yes, that's for sure. I mean, listen, we we've had some moments where Ron Johnson made, has made some great plays defensive backfield, but he's 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 known to be an overall damn good corner. Can support in the run, no problem. Can blitz, no problem. And and can get into coverage, no problem. But he's not elite. Um, in my opinion, at least I'll talk for me. He's not elite in coverage. He's got his, his flaws. I think this is where McDuffie has the edge in terms of how they can mask a defense and uh, and take advantage of certain things, certain things. But nonetheless, man, he's got to hit. We got ten picks. We got ten picks to hit on this thing, and we ain't got no choice. We got we got no choice but to try to hit this thing. My man, Rev, what's up, Rev? Rev comes in and says, "Yo, the Chiefs don't let who they have on their team stop them from adding guys at the same position. So if they got a corner, they're gonna add another one." They got a linebacker. We're going to add another one. I mean, listen, you got, was it Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, and I think it was a Tranquil. I think it was, those, boys, those boys complement each other very well. But Nick Bolton was a big hit. So I'm glad that we have the linebackers. It's just that we just got to tweak a few things on the defensive front and in the backfield, and we're back at it again, knocking at the door. But we have to add one more piece, two more pieces of offense, in my opinion. Another backup running back that could actually go between and inside the tackles. Ray, yo, listen, you're the draft guy. Ray Davis. Who? Kentucky running back? Yes. Big fan. I'm a big fan. But, I mean, he ain't going to be there. So, it is what it is. We're going to find out. I'm going to pick your brain a little later. But, anyways, folks, I just wanted to jump on here real quick and and obviously discuss the the Super Bowl game. I thought it was great. A tremendous amount of respect for the Chiefs doing it back-to-back. And they're definitely going to be pushing to go a three-peat. Never been done. 
which pisses me off even more. And I hate to do this. It's going to open some wounds up. But the fact that they're going for back-to-back-to-back championships makes you go back to the 90s and say the Bills went back-to-back-to-back-to-back Super Bowls and couldn't just get one? Bro, it's insanity how you can go to four straight Super Bowls. Four. Man, I know it was before your time. I know it was before your time. Well, man, four times? Four times, man. And you don't get one? Bro, that's crazy. That's crazy. And now we're talking about how maybe the page, maybe the Chiefs can come in and win three in a row, let alone go to four straight. Bro, that's crazy. What I even we even want to repeat it. It's craziness. Oh, and it's and here's the crazy thing, too. Now, now that I'm on I'm on a roll a little bit, you go four straight times. What do you do with your head coach? Your head coach was Marv Levy all four times, right? All right, you didn't win the first one. That's cool. You go to the second time, you didn't get that one. All right, cool. Third time, you're like, all right, what's going on? Fourth time, shit. Come on now. I'm and I gotta go back to see how much, how much longer uh he coached and did they let him retire. I, I I gotta go back to see what Wilson did with him. Because my 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 memory's foggy. But four straight times going to the Super Bowl, that's insane. That's insane. Anyways, I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that. Somebody says Scott Norwood. If Norwood had made that field goal on the first one, would have been a hey, listen, man. I'm telling you. And then Tyler Bass is that field goal. Maybe we're we we are talking a different tune. These damn kickers get in the way, man. These damn kickers. Anyway, uh, one last question for my guy before he gets out of here. You're a Syracuse guy. What the hell happened? What happened to your receiver? Why'd they kick him off the team? What's going on? <laughs> Uh, receiver and you get and are you you want reporter Carl or do you want what I know Carl? <laughs> Listen, uh, what basically um, for those at home, uh, Syracuse's leading receiver got is no longer with the program as of yesterday. Um, from his his side of the story, he approached the new head coach. Um, the Syracuse hired a new head coach this past fall. Um, this past winter, excuse me. And he told the coach, "Hey, I think I'm. I think I may want to enter the transfer portal at the end of the semester." Did that, said that at a nighttime. Woke up in the morning, found out that he was no longer on the team, and he was dismissed. Damn, um, they did him like that. That's his side of the story. I'll leave it at that because don't want to let the jerseys intersect with my job, but. That was the story. Fran Brown Lake wait, uh, later went on Twitter and said he wishes him the best. No, it will, no harm, no that good type of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a funny situation. College athletics is in is in a different spot these days. These guys are basically employees. Um, also, I've been looking while we go on this. Shout out to the hoop squad. Just took down number seven North Carolina. So the basketball team doing is making some positive headways. At least football team, we uh got some things to do. Was that was that reporter Carl that uh, that broke that news to us, or was that Carl that broke that news? I, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I, I, I mean, li- listen, <laughs> li- I still got friends in that building, so like, right, and, and, and you know, I st- the helmet, the, the helmet is like, yeah, yeah, you I, know, got I, I, I got you, I got you, I got you. But you know what? He he says he wants to go to the portal, and it's like, oh, you want to go to the portal? Bet you're out of here. Brother's like, I was just thinking about R- read it. between read between the lines, folks. Yeah, yeah. The lines. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. Nah, you could think about it somewhere else. The best receiver, though? Sheesh. Hey, good luck, Syracuse. Good luck to Center Syracuse. culture. I'll tell you right now. Uh, I got a, somebody just asked a question. You ever have Mother's Cupboard there in Syracuse, Carl? 
Yeah, a lot of mornings, Saturday mornings, where maybe I had some sunglasses on and some nice orange juice because I had a, a fun night the night prior. It's a it's a breakfast spot. Okay, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of mornings where hey y'all y'all feeling a little queasy from the night pro go pull up mother cupboard. They they take care of us. So uh, they, they take care yeah, of I've been there. Us. I've been there a few times back in my day. So maybe maybe my bro, my boy's gonna go to Colorado then. Y'all need someone. But you know what? He might not even be good enough to go to Colorado. Yeah, Dion said he bring in Louis. I don't know That's if what I'm talking about. I don't, I don't know if I don't know if my boy is Louis. He might be like Nike or something. I don't know about Louis. Though. Yeah, he might be. He might be Puma, but he ain't, he ain't Louis. That's for damn sure. <laughs> but anyway, folks. Uh, that's it for me. I, I ain't trying to, you know, we stay out here too long. Um, but uh, much appreciated to my man Carl Jones. I know he says, "Yo, anytime you need me to pull up, I'm gonna pull up." And uh, once free agency starts, we're gonna talk about that. Once we start getting to prospects, I might even bounce some ideas off of you, and then we might we might talk about some things. But yo, ten picks, this brother's got to hit. He has to hit. If he doesn't, yo, you can pack your bags alongside <clears throat> McCurry because we we need some big things coming this way. I don't want it to happen. But we'll see how this goes down. So uh, that being said, uh, what do you got going this offseason, though? Because this is different now. What's going on for Carl Jones in the offseason? Where can people find and find you and what you're doing? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. So I'm going on vacation for the next 10 days. So like. Where to? Going to New York. And then we're going to see where we bounce around a little bit. I'm a spontaneous dude. So I, I like to, you know, we'll go on the fly type or whatever. Um, but going to the New York City, excuse me, for those who. Oh, you don't want to go to make it. You don't want to go upstate New York? I'm, I'm, I'm not, no no sure? disrespect to nobody in the chat, but uh, I'm I'm cool on upstate. <laughs> I'm cool on upstate, but uh, but doing that, and then when I get back, I'm gonna start diving into what I love best, and that's more football. So I, I did see a couple of the comments talking about what I thought about certain players. I have opinions, but I want to verify them with the numbers that they're going to do at the combine later this month. Dive into the film a little bit more, um, and then I'll get back to me. Find me on Twitter. I'll have all that good stuff laid out. Probably starting in March. Um, that's when I started to dive in. Cause right now, if you ask me who would the Bills try to do at 28, I don't know. I got guys one, who give might me one name. give me one name. All right, I'm gonna give you three names that look, these guys could be way shoot way up the boards based off what they run in, in, in Indianapolis in two weeks. But Troy Franklin is a receiver from Oregon. That's one name that you you guys should know about. Sure, um, another name that you guys should know about is Brian Thomas from LSU, who I think is going to kill the draft, so he won't be there. And right. then another guy I think is um byron murphy from out of texas big defensive tackle big boy really athletic um so those are three i'll give you two receivers because i know everybody want to be um everybody love a receiver so i gave you two of those and then i give you a d tackle which they sorely need as well hold on hold on what, what about that the guy next to him sweat yeah he's more of a a one tech so like what i mean by that he's like more of a, a, a run plugger not yeah, necessarily yeah, a pass you, rush guy you, use that though. you you could but you First round, you tend to shoot for upside and you two pass rush things of that nature. Okay, 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 um, okay. So, I mean, if you want to get a guy like that, I will probably trade back because he will be. Because, in terms of that, you think of the value, right? Like, he will be there at 40. So, maybe you trade back. Xavier Leggett is another name. Like, like, there are, but listen, folks, this is a draft where there are a bunch of receivers. We can tackle that in March. I promise we, you, you'll have we, enough we months. Because we got to hit free agency first and then we can start doing all that good stuff. Listen, you, I get you excited right now when you start, start talking. Draft prospects. I see the excitement. I see it. I see it. I love it. We're gonna we gonna continue that another time, man. But uh I like this sweat next to Ed. I'm in, I'm in on that, man. But anyway, my man Carl Jones, we appreciate you. We love you, bro. And uh we'll definitely keep in touch. Enjoy your vacation, 
And uh, if you decide to go a little bit more up north, I mean, Canada, come come visit your boy, Nova Scotia. Ah, it's the wrong time of year. You should say that in July. I got you, but y'all still got snow on the ground. I think you're right, though. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Uh, You know what? Come come in August. August is when it's at where it's at. I got you. You come visit in August. I got you, my boy. (laughs) For sure, for sure. Thanks for having me. We'll talk soon. That's my man, Carl Jones, in the building. And uh, go ahead and follow him, obviously, on all social media platforms. But uh, this is the time visiting Ontario. Yeah, man. He could come. Listen, man. I told him come through. I mean, I can go visit my mom. And he can come to Ontario. We could we could do our thing in Ottawa, or he can come out to Nova Scotia. We do our thing out here. But in all in all in all fairness and all and all jokes aside, season's done. I mean, we give the props to the Kansas City Chiefs. They really. I mean, listen. They put on a on a class, a master class in the second half. How you play the quarterback position and the running back position well. Pacheco had a decent little game. Uh, the old line played well, although they had. Joe Tooney out. They had some backups in there. So they could have easily said, hey, man, we ain't got our the whole backup situation intact. In our tackles haven't been the greatest. But these guys persevered and got the dub. Regardless, Andy Reid, Kelsey, they did it. Congratulations to the Chiefs, man. Well-deserved. A lot of people were talking shit on you guys that you guys weren't, you know I mean, weren't shit in the offseason. Excuse me, in the, in the regular season. The Raiders came on to you. Um, they even, two things I want to bring up that you guys don't know yet about. Um, Speaking of the game. So Andy Reid, two things. Andy Reid called, um, allegedly called uh, Coach a- uh, Pierce, Anthony, Anthony Pierce, um, Tony Pierce. Is it Tony Pierce? Coach Pierce uh, for the Raiders. And um, Antonio Pierce, there you go. Antonio Pierce and uh, called him and says, and thanked him. He was like, bro, I want to thank you because had you guys not whooped our tail, we would have sat there and been complacent as, you know, we are the top dogs and we can't be touched and we're about to go into this thing and get it done. And this this brother called Antonio Pierce and said, thank you. Because, I mean, and it wasn't him rubbing in his face. He's like, yo, if not for you guys pushing us and, and beating us, we wouldn't have been to where we're at. So thank you. And I know you're going to keep bringing it. And Ant- Antonio Pierce is definitely going to keep bringing it. So shoot a, shout out to him. Here's another one. Former Bill, John Feliciano. I don't know if you guys have heard this. All right, before I get out of here, former Bill John Feliciano, uh, I guess, I mean, you know, there's a lot of these film guru guys that are out there. And one of the plays that was brought up was when Chris Jones was absolutely allowed to run free to Brock Purdy and disrupt the play and which could have potentially ended up in a touchdown. But anyway, that's not here. That's the point. John Feliciano, obviously these players get in the chat. They, They watch Twitter all day, every day. They know. So if you're talking some shit, they're going to find out. They just Google their name and boom, right? Anyway, so I guess he found somebody that was that showed that very play. And let me see if I can try to find it because uh, it's it was interesting nonetheless. But this brother got involved and pretty much blamed his teammate for that mishap. He pretty much was like, well, if this guy would have not missed his block, then we wouldn't be talking about that. I was like, yo, that's like the sacred thing that you just don't do. You just do not do that. You don't throw your teammate under the bus like that. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. So let me see if I can try to play, play, uh, not play the clip, but to show you what's going on. So John Feliciano, bro, playing for the Niners. He's a Niners lineman. So this brother, uh, let me see if I can show y'all to it. Yeah, okay, perfect. It's up there. So look at this mess, y'all. I need to show y'all this mess because this is craziest to me. So... If you if you look at this, it's uh 
Uh, if I can try to zoom it in, I can't even zoom it in. All right, let me see if I can try to back it up a little bit. So this this dude pretty much was like, uh, he blamed the lineman for missing the block. Blamed the lineman for missing the block, and and he he apologized the next day and was like, yo, my bad. I had a couple things to drink. Didn't mean to do all that. But fam, you out of pocket, man. You are absolutely out of pocket. Yo, you lost the game. Sometimes it's okay to just take a moment to just not be, to not be, you know what I mean, on social media. You don't got to be on social media. You don't got to be all that. But this guy took, this guy took it just to the next level, blaming your teammate on letting that guy. And the guy was like, yo, somebody could have just chop blocked him or something. And he's like, or you could have just laid a hand on him and blocked him. And the guy goes up, he's like, yo, I wake up to the morning and this is what I see. Fam, that's crazy. And John Flea's like, yo, my bad, man, I was drunk. I was just, I was like, dude, that's why when this, when they let that brother go, I was, I was just fine with it. Just fine. Yo, Feliciano, good riddance, bro. That shit is wild to me, man. Too wild. Rico, is that the new camera you're working with? It looks crispy. Nah, same camera, brother. Same camera, man. Just, you know, the melanin is popping, baby. The melanin is popping today. So, folks, that's it for me. That is it for me. I want you guys to enjoy the rest of your evening. Uh, There's a big ass snowstorm. Uh, happening my way right now and uh, i was supposed to drive into work and i said you know what it ain't happening today it ain't happening today i ain't driving out to risk myself and my health and all that good stuff man sometimes you just gotta take the time to just lay lay low and just chill out so you guys have yourself a fantastic evening and uh we will chop it up with you again i'm gonna try to get together with my, my man zbot and uh we'll try to get you uh bring you guys to show uh sometime this week or next and then uh we shall go from there we had a lot of fun uh, all season. Thanks to you guys, Rico, Rev, King, Bot. This man, all love to each and every one of you guys, man. All love to each and every one of you guys. You guys have been tuning in. And now we have entered the off season, And this is it, folks. So it's just a matter of compiling, looking at free agents. And it's tough because we're not in the position to look at free agents. We're in the position now to see who we keeping, who we tweaking, and who potentially we can kind of bring back onto the squad and then maybe we might make a splash here and there in free agency there's going to be a lot of players cut there's going to be cap casualties so we might be able to get into that dance but there's not a whole lot that this team is going to be able to do so we got to hang our heads when it just comes to this draft so get into the draft i'm going to get into the draft a lot more than i did last year so i can really be prepared for this we got 10 picks and uh it's gonna be a lot of it's a lot of it's gonna be give me a good time but free agency is first Let's see what we can do in terms of free agency, what we can bring back, and we'll go from there. So that being said, folks, you guys have yourself a fantastic evening, and uh, we will catch you guys on the flip side. Until next time, it's your boy Rico. It's the Buffalo Fanatics. You guys have yourself a good night. Peace.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.